Okay, well, good afternoon. It's uh, 1 o'clock in California on the West Coast, and uh, of course, 2 Mountain Time, 3 Central, 4 Eastern, and 10 a.m. in Maui, Hawaii. So good morning, good afternoon from uh, Maui. My name is Michael Benner, and you are listening to our weekly Ageless Wisdom teleconference, either by telephone or via the web. And thanks for being here. We're going to talk today about emotional dependence. Uh, clinically, psychologists call the problems that come out of our emotional dependence codependent because usually we're in relationships where other people are doing the same thing we're doing. Uh, I'll make you happy if you make me happy. Uh problem with that is if somebody gets unhappy, they... <laughs> <laughs> they usually look at the person that promised to make them happy. We're going to break that down for you a little bit today. And, because uh, you know, again, everybody wants to please other people. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be of service, certainly, to other people. Uh, it certainly enriches our lives to want to help people and be nice to people and make them happy. But there's a very important uh line that we cross when our desire to please other people becomes a need, even a desperate need uh, to please other people because we give those other people then inordinate power. So that's a theme. We'll talk about how to uh, find that balance and level of appropriateness in life, how to understand the alternatives. Where do I get my approval and my my acceptance and my love, trust, and respect, if not from trying to please other people. Uh, so we'll talk about the alternative and uh, do a little visualization exercise as well at the end of our event today. Uh, for our uh, Jewish friends, happy Passover. I believe Passover began last night. Uh, for everybody, happy Earth Day. We've got coming up in a couple of days, I think. It's uh, gratifying, I think to see that people are rediscovering Earth Day. It's uh, hard for me to believe that it was 38 years ago that I went to the first Earth Day rally. I was still in school in 1970, and uh, Earth Day was a big deal in 1970. And events at campuses and communities all over the United States and uh, then we all, I don't know what happened, we got yuppified, we got distracted by uh, our lives and by the media, and we forgot all about caring for the environment. It became sort of a hippy-dippy thing, I guess. And now, thanks to Al Gore and a lot of other dedicated women and men, we're beginning to realize that uh, we got to care for our life support system. It's a spiritual mandate, but just uh, essential to our survival. And uh, some say it may even be too late, but certainly we've got to give it a go. So happy uh, Passover, happy Earth Day. Some of you may have birthdays. Happy birthday. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Glad you're with us. Uh, a couple of quick points, a couple of reminders as we begin here this morning. If uh, you're ever unable to make the live teleconference here every Sunday afternoon, at 1 o'clock Western Time, Pacific Time, 
4 o'clock Eastern Time. You can always listen to the replay. It's usually posted about 10 minutes or so after the event, and you just use the very same link that you used to get to the teleconference page today. And uh, if you save your emails, you can listen as far back as you have email links to go back. But there's no need for you to save those email links because we have a special blog set up that archives the emails I send you every week and, of course, the link that is seen. So make note, theagelesswisdom.blogspot.com. That's theagelesswisdom.blogspot.com. Uh, put that in your browser and you'll see an archive of last week, the week before, the week before that, so you can listen to any of the old programs. Also, on my website, theagelesswisdom.com or michaelbenner.com, you'll see a link that says Web Teleconferences, and you go there and you'll find a similar archive. Okay. We're also podcasting these, at least for now. Uh, if you go to the iTunes Music Store or any one of a number of podcast directories in the Internet and subscribe to either the Inner Vision Program with Michael Benner, the Inner Vision Podcast, that used to be a podcast of our old KPFK show, or Breakthrough Radio Podcast with Michael Benner and Steve Snyder. Just put my name into the search box at the iTunes Music Store, Michael Benner, and both of those would come up. Intervision podcast and Breakthrough Radio podcast. And right now, both of those are podcasting the replay of this event every week. Uh, we may change that. Uh, and uh, we're, we're thinking about maybe going back to running excerpts of our primary product, which is the podcast, Finding Yourself in Paradise. Hope you guys have subscribed to that. And uh, you can do that at focusedpassion.com. In the lower right-hand corner of this page, depending on your browser, you may need to scroll down a little bit. But you'll see a call to action button in the lower right-hand corner. And uh, after the event, you can click on Wage Inner Peace and find out more about that podcast. Finding Yourself in Paradise with Steve Snyder and me every week. Man, I think it's some of the best stuff I've ever done. And I hope you check it out. 99 cents a week. 99, uh, less than four bucks a month. So money's not an issue. And uh, I think you're going to like that as well. This, of course, remains free every Sunday. And we're happy that you're here. So let's get into our topic for the day today. And, uh, again, remind you that there is a button on the page that will allow you to submit a question or a comment. And... Uh, Oh, thanks. Lots of folks just signing on to say hi. Put your first name and your city in there. And nice to know you're on board, and we'll go to that a little later. Okay, this uh, this is a tricky topic because, as I said just a few moments ago, there's really nothing wrong at all with wanting to please other people. In fact, if we had no desire to make people happy or to share our lives with other people, that would be a pretty <laughs> a pretty desperate and lonely uh, life. So let's be real clear when we talk about codependence as a 
major source of stress and anxiety in our lives. Codependence, or simply said, emotional dependence, that it's a matter of degree, like so many other things. You know, we live in a world where people are so stressed and so frightened that they tend to come out of a reflexive either-or mentality, everything or nothing, uh, all differences or opposites, uh, false dichotomies of everything or nothing. Uh, the media, our, our, our so-called leaders in government and corporation, uh, there is a major effort to dumb down America through fear and anxiety because all creative options fall away when you're stressed and you begin to think this way or that. And so we always have to check, am I uh, aware of the third way? Am I aware that there's a middle in Buddhism, the third way or the middle way, the very important concept that breaks the false dichotomy of either or? So that's a good place to begin. It's not an either or, that either we depend upon other people for our positive feelings, we depend upon other people to protect us from hurt, or we're independent, isolated, and just don't care about other people. <laughs> the appropriateness, the balance, of course, is in the middle of the teeter-totter, not at the uh, not at the end. Not always the 50-yard line. The middle is the full swing of the pendulum. All the permutations and all the combinations. You might find people pleasing to serve you in some way. Each of us have to fine-tune the degree to which we are run by our desire or by our need to please other people. So the reason emotional dependence is often called codependence is that there is a tacit understanding in these relationships, an unwritten contract, so widespread is this problem, that I will be responsible for your emotional feelings and you can be responsible for my emotional feelings. All right? uh, my job will be to make you happy if your job is to make me happy. How about a swap? I love you, you love me. Sounds fine. Uh, then the next step would be, oh, and by the way, not only do I want your love, trust, and respect, and I'm willing to give you my love, trust, and respect in exchange, but I also further need for you and expect you to prevent me from feeling any kind of hurt or upset or anguish or torment, and I will do that for you. I, will, I don't know how, but <laughs> that's sort of the implied promise that uh, the deal here is uh, both positive and negative. Uh, I will swap positive feelings with you and... Uh, the other side is each of us needs to somehow prevent the other one from feeling bad. So you can see the problem here. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know, two people driving down the road side by side, and I'm determining the condition of my car by looking at your dashboard, and, and you're looking at my dashboard to figure out how much gas you have left and how fast you're going. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just crazy on the surface of it, but 
we get sucked into it because, you know, we're we're taught to be nice people, to be civilized and harmonious and to want to treat other people nicely and to make them happy. And, again, I'm going to say very clearly, I don't see anything wrong at all with wanting to please other people. Indeed, we should probably devote more of our time to pleasing other people. Where we get in trouble is when we need to please other people, when we desperately need to please other people. Why? Aha, here we go. You ready? Roll up your sleeves. What is it that takes us from simply wanting to make people happy to needing to make them? Well, it's an appeal for acceptance and approval. Very few people in this world, without doing some kind of continuing education as adults, what we call personal development or working in the human potential movement or just getting therapy, ever really think about their responsibility to provide for themselves the love, trust, and respect that instead we try to earn from other people through a performance. So in practice, it's not as simple as I'd like to share my happiness, uh, I'd love to entertain you, uh, it'd be nice if I could put a smile on your face and lift you out of your funk. Uh, when we get into problems is when I need that gratification. I need to be appreciated. I need your approval. I need your acceptance because I don't know how to love, trust, and respect myself or my sense of loving myself, accepting and approving of myself, is that it's something I'll be able to do if you love me, if you trust and respect me. And if I can, through a performance of people-pleasing and emotional dependence, create enough codependence, get enough people to love me, then maybe I can convince myself that I'm lovable. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm all right. I've got enough friends in my Rolodex. I know enough people uh, by first name that I can say hello to at work, at home, at play, wherever. Uh, you know, I'll say it this way. Uh, let me share from my own personal insights here. When I, as a younger man, looked at the concept of self-esteem or self-respect, I thought that came from other people. Well, again, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, except that I know how widespread, how prevalent this thinking is. How could self-esteem, self-confidence, self-respect, your self-love, come from somebody else. Well, it's a process, again, as I said, of getting enough votes. <laughs> you know, the, the former mayor of New York, Ed Koch, used to walk around saying, how am I doing? That was his, his deal. That was like his uh, signature line, how am I doing? I think a lot of us do that. I think everywhere we go, we're taking a survey how am I doing? Because I don't know, and further, um, I would be biased. I guess that was the big hit for me as a young man, that 
that this was crazy, that I never really had clear instruction on not only the opportunity, but my responsibility to decide if I was deserving of self-respect, if uh, I merited self-love, uh, if self-confidence, uh, self-esteem was something that I really could bestow upon myself. I had no instruction in that, and few people do. As I said before, unless or until they get into therapy or start reading self-help books or watching Oprah or <laughs> you know, some form of personal and spiritual development work, we begin to turn it around to do the 180 necessary to say, hey, self-love is my job. Self-trust, uh, that's my job. It's, uh, see the word self in front of it? That's what I'm supposed to do for me. And some of you are, uh, may be tired of hearing me use the quotation, though I love it and will continue to use it, uh, from the uh, restaurant in Big Sur, the sign that hangs, and I guess it's a restaurant or a bakery. Uh, it's legendary. It has a big sign that says, Chew your food well if you don't, who will? So love yourself if you don't, who will? Trust yourself. Respect yourself. Believe in yourself. If you don't, who will? Now, can you feel the resistance to that? Gee, I know how to love other people, to trust them and respect them, to watch them, but I can't give that to myself. I'm biased. That's the way I used to think. It's like everybody gets a vote in how I'm doing except me. I'm the only one that cannot vote because I would be biased. Well, <laughs> that's about as backwards as it could possibly be. You are biased. Uh, it's about you, and it's our responsibility to be in charge of how we feel. It's our responsibility to bootstrap respect for self, trust and love for self, confidence for self. Now, you can't really literally pull yourself up by your bootstraps, uh, you know, Alan Watts talks about that. Any more than you could touch any given finger with that same finger or bite down upon your teeth. Uh, Alan used to talk about that all the time. It's hard to get out of yourself and, and to understand that the self really comes in layers and, and degrees. And we have a higher self and then we have a lower self. We have a love-based self and a fear-based self. I often think of the, the encounter Alice in Wonderland has with the hookah-smoking caterpillar. And the uh, caterpillar says, who are you? And she says, boy, I don't know. I ate this mushroom over here, this little cake, and, and I've been tripping. I got really big, and then I got small again, and... I don't know who I am. And the caterpillar looks at her and says rather sternly, well, what do you mean by that? Explain yourself. At which point Alice says, well, I can't because I am not myself, you see. Eckhart Tolle says the same thing. I hate myself. You know, the beginning of the book, Power of Now, Tolle says, oh, I just hate myself like this. Well, which self are we talking about here? The 
myself that you hate or the you that hates the self. Um, so we have to begin to look at at least the basic dichotomy of self. Uh, often in my private practice, I deal with people who feel guilty or ashamed, and they don't know how to release it. And I say, well, who is the self that feels ashamed? Are you the one that did the shameful thing, or are you the one that now regrets it and has learned from it and understands that's not something you're going to repeat? And if you're that second self, then you've moved on up the scale and you can let go of the shame. So that's really part and parcel to this whole idea of becoming emotionally independent. That's our solution, to move from emotional dependence I need your love and trust and respect. I need you to give me good feelings to tell me I'm okay and to protect me at the same time from my hurt and my upset. And if you will do that for me, here's the Faustian bargain. If you will do that for me, I will do that for you. And this is where it becomes codependence. And most of our relationships are, unfortunately, at least to some degree, codependent. And to want to please other people, I'll repeat, no problem. I would like to please each of you today. I would like everybody involved in this teleseminar today to go away happy and uh, feeling uplifted. But I don't need that. In fact, I, I think before the human potential movement, my involvement in personal development and before counseling other people and even going into therapy myself uh, years ago to try to sort it all out, it was radio for me. It was radio that put me on to the unreasonableness of needing everybody to love my show. It's just if I tried to please everybody, I'd end up pleasing no one because I wouldn't be coming from a truthful and honest place. I'd be out of my integrity. I'd be motivated not by the truth of my feelings. <laughs> I'd be motivated by an attempt to manipulate other people. And uh, you see a lot of that in radio and TV and <laughs> other forms of, of writing and publishing. But What's that Abraham Lincoln line about pleasing some of the people all of the time and all of the people some of the time? That's what we're talking about. You'll never please all of the people all of the time. And so here's another way of talking about the problem of emotional dependence or codependence. Somebody enters into this tacit agreement with you because that's just the way most of us are. And... Whether they're conscious or not of what they're doing, look how easy it would be for them to withhold their approval, to refuse to be pleased, to decide at the last minute perhaps to be unpleasable, uh, to seduce you in, to smile and nod and tell you how wonderful you are right up until something important, and then they withhold their approval, their acceptance of you. They decide to become unpleasable. This could be a dynamic with a parent or a child, or a lover, a partner, a, a business associate, a, a friend down the street. 
where everything seems to be copacetic and your codependence, your need for approval from each other, seems to be going along swimmingly until you get to a point where somebody decides to exert their power and control over you by simply withholding their approval and acceptance of who you are. And then how do we feel? <laughs> we all know this one. I feel used. I feel taken for granted. I feel unappreciated. I do and do and do. I give, I give and give. And this is what I get back in return. And so an enlightened woman or man, certainly Buddha said this clearly enough, Christ said this clearly enough, other teachers in personal and spiritual development have, have, have pointed this out. We are setting ourselves up for this hurt and this upset by needing the approval in the first place. We give our power away. I think that's a good way to say it. We give our power away when we need something in return. Your giving is really not giving them. It's a swap. It's a barter. It's an exchange. Even if what you want or need in return is simply a little gratitude. Have you ever said or heard someone say, well, I don't ask for much? Well, you know, we when we talk a lot about unconditional love, um, what about unconditional everything else? Maybe you don't ask for much, but maybe asking for gratitude even, or to even be appreciated is too much, and not really giving. So we need to take a look at, am I really giving to give rather than giving to get? Am I giving and letting go unconditionally, needing nothing in return? Nothing in return, not even to be appreciated. Wow. Wow. Not even a little bit of gratitude to be that emotionally independent. I think, is to avoid all of this people-pleasing and the inordinate level of stress and anxiety and hurt and upset that comes from this most common neurosis of all, codependence. What do you think? Use the submit button uh, at the bottom of the web page that's in front of you. Just type in your first name your city, and a little question, and click the submit button, and uh, we'll take a look at some of your comments, some of your questions here on this topic, or any other topic, but of course, uh, it'd be nice if we could stick to this topic. Codependence, okay? Let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, at the message board here, so to speak and see what folks have to say. Uh, again, we have uh, Charlotte from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And Charlotte, it's uh, nice to see you on again today. 
And uh, she says, yeah, many times I've felt taken for granted or just plain used. I'm the kind of person that when I see somebody needs help, I open my heart and my arms and give the help. Give all the help I give. I don't think I do it to please or seek gratitude. I just do it. But then I so often find the person being helped just gives up trying and dumps all of his or her problems in my lap. Ah, and then I suffocate. She goes on, when I want to pull back, they get mad. And when they're strangers, I usually can, uh, let's see, I usually can go my way and forget about them. But when it's family, yeah, <laughs> it becomes very difficult. I live such a situation right now, I'm no longer on speaking terms with my family because of that. Yeah, it's not fair. Uh, you know, part of becoming an enlightened person, and again, I think that's a matter of degree. I don't think I've ever met a fully realized being, a Christ or a Buddha in my life. I think uh, they are few and, and far between, even a so-called earthly master, much less a heavenly uh, master. I think the temptation of Christ is a, a very good, very, very important uh, concept because what it says is even a master who comes into form ends up forgetting their their mastery and their enlightenment and get tempted sometimes and have regrets and resentment. So we should be gentle with ourselves in this regard. But I think as we aspire to be better and better, um, we should need less and less in return and just try to love people anyway, forgive them. That's what compassion is. You love, uh, compassion is uh, a lo loving a person uh, in spite of who they are, loving a person because they suffer and suffering with them in a sense. Uh, grieving is a good example of this. When you allow yourself to grieve, it hurts. You don't want to go there. But uh, when you do, and you allow yourself to feel the depth and the breadth of your pain, uh, there are extraordinary benefits. That heart, expanded by that grief of loss, never returns to its original, original shape. So as the healing commences and the love and peace of mind flows back into that expanded heart, your ability to feel more love is enhanced. So, um, Charlotte, I'd say keep loving those folks in word and deed. Uh, just don't need anything back. And even if you get, you know, negativity back, you just smile and nod and, <coughs> excuse me, do your best to, uh, to take that on, um, with family and friends. But it's difficult. This, that's why I chose this as a topic today, because it's common, and uh, and it really is difficult. As you say, more so even with family than with strangers. It's easier to let go, right? But take your power back in these situations by becoming more um, self-reliant. Um, provide for we, we must learn to provide for ourselves the acceptance and the approval that we're trying to earn from other people uh, by this performance. And I think I already said hello to John in Pittsburgh, and I got a bunch of people just saying hi, Carol and La Habra, 
and uh, Melanie in San Pedro, who says, happy anniversary. Yeah, I almost forgot about that part. I said, happy Passover and happy Earth Day. I forgot uh, for a moment there. My wedding anniversary is coming up on the 23rd, which is also St. George's Day, if you've got a little bit of British in you, St. George. Though St. George was from the Middle East, he's the patron saint of the British. And, uh, you know, the symbol of good over evil, St. George slaying the dragon, St. George's Day is also Shakespeare's birthday and uh, death day. And that's the day that uh, my wife and I were married 13 years ago on uh, April 23rd. So thanks for uh, reminding me of that, Melanie. Anybody else have a question or a comment, type it in with your first name and city and maybe a, uh, uh, again, a little uh, question or comment there. And uh, I'll try to get to that as quickly as possible. I'd like to do a visualization exercise and uh, install this a little bit, <coughs> give you a, uh, a sense of how it feels to be more emotionally independent and uh, uh, take your power back. Uh, you know, anytime we blame, let me talk just for a minute here about the nature of blame. Anytime we blame another person for anything in our lives, Blame them for what they do or say, or blame them for what they don't do or don't say, that we think they should have done or should have said. In any of those situations, uh, we're setting ourselves up for the hurt and upset that we've already talked about. We give our power away through blame. Now, blaming yourself is hardly any different. Blame is so insidious, I can't find any value in it at all. Whether you blame another person or blame yourself or blame the fates or circumstances or bad luck, blame is just a way of saying, I'm helpless, I'm, I'm an effect of life, I'm a victim, I'm a target, I have no control, I, and, and I don't want to suffer anymore, and yet it's guaranteed as long as we point fingers, even in ourselves. I think the whole concept of blame could be eradicated from your lexicon if you just don't blame others, don't blame yourself, don't blame God, don't blame luck, don't blame Mercury for being in retrograde. You, <laughs> you just give your power away when you do that. Take your power back. Take responsibility and play with the word. You want to please somebody today without being a people pleaser, uh, talk about this idea. What if we could abandon blame, blame of others, blame of self, blame of circumstance, blame of luck, and just take responsibility and say, I have the ability to choose a response. There's about $10,000 worth of therapy right there. I'm serious. I have the ability to choose my response. I have choices. I'm responsible. And I don't mean responsibility in the way a, a right-wing neocon means responsibility, like the people of New Orleans are on their own after, after Katrina. 
We don't want taxes. We don't want government. We don't want to help you. Well, again, we're back to the either or, aren't we? Um, part of taking responsibility for your life and for your identity and who you are is being the kind of person that wants to help people but not needing anything in return, not even, as I said earlier, to be appreciated. Um, and if we do end up feeling ripped off or unappreciated or taken for granted, we must, as Buddhism says in the in the Four Noble Truths, recognize that we're setting ourselves up for it by the very desire. You know, if you if it hurts not to get something you desire, then to take responsibility for that and abandon blame is to recognize we set ourselves up for that hurt by desiring in the first place. Let go of the desire. That's the third noble truth. You know, not to do a thing on Buddhism, but that's pretty smart. That's really smart. Number one, life is suffering. Number two, most of it, if not all of it, comes from our desire that things be different than they are. Our, our desire for control and influence over many things, including other people that we don't have control over. The idea that we ought to be able to control what's done to us is ridiculous. Our job is to control what we do with it. <laughs> Life is what you make it. People say that all the time. Life is what you make it. I don't think too many people really believe it or take action. But So responsibility is uh, be careful. That's, we don't want to fall into the... the the news speak, the double talk, double speak, what did Orwell call it, double speak or news speak, uh, this Orwellian right-wing crap uh, where responsibility is you're on your own. Responsibility is the ability to choose my response, and I choose to be of service to you, and I choose to help you out, uh, to lend you a helping hand, but I don't need your appreciation. I don't need money. I don't need acknowledgement. I, I, I don't need that because if I did, that would be evidence that I'm not clear on my responsibility to be a person that can give for the sake of giving. And uh, I have a teacher who talks a lot about just, he says it so simply, his name's Cody, I'll tell you about him one of these days. He says it so simply about give to give instead of give to get. I mean, do you remember when you first learned about karma? And then you got into the double bind of, well, I'm kind and generous and, and I'm going to forgive this person and I'm going to do for that person because then I get these brownie points in heaven. I, I get good karma. And then the double bind comes in because you realize, well, then, I'm still giving to get, aren't I? I'm still, <laughs> so I'm really not giving. It's just a cosmic barter or an exchange. It's not really a gift at all. But to give to give, to give for the sake of giving without needing anything in return, not even to be appreciated. I know it's not easy sometimes, especially in relationships where you feel taken for granted, where you feel unappreciated. Well, I, I'll tell you this, in all the couples counseling that I've done, 
I don't see anything more often. Hold on a second. I got a little tickle in my throat here. Let me have a glass of water. Ah, thank you. See, it's that radio, is it? I don't see anything in couples counseling more commonly than this very thing, where one person will say, you know, I just feel like I'm doing all the work. I do and do and do, and this other person just sitting on the sofa watching TV. And when this comes up in couples counseling, <laughs> one person will look at the other and say, my God, I can't believe you're saying that. Well, obviously, I'm the one that does all the giving in this relationship. My goodness, I'm the one that does this and that, and don't I always do this and that? And here comes the argument. Right. And I often, you know, I feel like saying, stop, it's a candy mint and a breath mint. You're both right. Uh, that's just the nature of things that we feel like we're... We're the one that's doing all the work, and the other one's not pulling their share of the load. That's a sure sign of codependence. <laughs> that's 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 uh, a sure sign that your gift is not fully given, but part of emotional dependence or codependence. You want. You may say again, like like we mentioned earlier, I don't ask much shouldn't have to ask for anything, right? Shouldn't have to ask for anything. And yet this is so insidious and so subtle that uh, we all get caught up in it. So don't feel bad about it because, again, everybody does it. It's just a matter of becoming more and more conscious of it. Well, <laughs> I have this little tickle in my throat. I don't know. If I'm going to be able to do this uh, meditation or not, you know, I think what I'll do is uh, just forgo it because it seems silly to try to do a meditation uh, with a cough. And I don't know why I have this little tickle, but I do. So I think I'm going to uh, beg off on the guided imagery exercise this week. And uh, we'll just, you know, be sure and do one next week. Haven't chosen the topic for next week, but I'd like to encourage each of you to send me some email, either right here on this site. That's probably the best way to do it is not even email, but just submit a question at the bottom of this page. Again, a lot of you see it on the web page as your browser presents it to you, but if you don't see a box on the bottom of this teleseminar page, where you can submit a question, just scroll down a little bit. I know a lot of people don't like to scroll. <laughs> scroll down a little bit, and you'll see it down there. And uh, put a little question or a comment in there. Or you can always send me an email, mb at michaelbenner.com. It's probably the easiest way for you to reach me. My initials at my name.com. mb at michaelbenner.com. And suggest a topic uh, 
for upcoming programs. There's certainly no shortage on my end. I'll go forever. I've, you know, I've been doing this for three-plus decades on the radio, so I have plenty of topics in mind. But I really would like to respond to and meet your needs and your interests in this regard. Uh, remember to share the replay with your friends and to tell them about upcoming events and get them on board because it's fun then to uh, share, you know, in conversation uh, what you're picking up from these events. I really want them to be of service to you. And uh, it's just the sheer number of people online that requires us to mute off the telephones and rely on submitting messages this way. But um, that's, that's, what, that's the way it goes, you know, that's the way it goes. Oh, one final thing that I do want to mention before I close is that uh, after giving it great thought, I've decided to tender my resignation. I have, in fact, as of several days ago, tendered my resignation with KPFK, and it's with, uh, with mixed feelings that I do this. And I won't drone on about it other than to say that when we initially decided almost a year ago to move to Maui to pursue an opportunity here, essentially the podcast with Steve, um, I went to KPFK management and told them of my decision to let go of intervision effective the 1st of November, 2007. And <clears throat> this was months before it happened, and they said, well, okay, sorry to lose you. You know, it's a great job you're doing. You've been here 15 years. You and Doreen bring in a lot of money during the uh, fundraising, and so we're going to miss you. But bon voyage, aloha, have a good time. A couple of weeks later, management came back, and they said, we really hate to lose you. How would you like to broadcast live from Maui? Or could we find some way to do that? And I said, well, I'd be open to it. You know, I'm really committed to KPFK, even more so to the Pacific Commission. Uh, the 15 years that I was there was a, was as a volunteer. I never took a nickel from that radio station, and I'm proud of it. I, I, I loved working there as much or more as anything I ever did in commercial radio at ABC or CBS or Infinity or any of the other uh, places that I worked. It was very rewarding. So I thought, well, yeah, sure. And so we even began to do a program the first of this year that was on Friday at 3, and we let go of the Friday at 1. And the Friday at Free Show included Doreen, and was called the Michael Benner Show with Doreen Key. It was about self-reliance and voluntary simplicity and appropriate technology and becoming greener and more responsible and love the environment and personal development. And because we were there in January and February, it took us longer to get over here because of our cat quarantine, Hawaii's quarantine laws and all the hoops we had to jump through with the cast. We did quite a few of those programs in January and February, and uh, by the end of February, we were finally over here. Well, 
to make a long story a little shorter, management had approved the purchase, a few thousand dollars, of the equipment that would have allowed us to broadcast live from Maui every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock with live callers. But this was a done deal, and it was all approved. And then after we got over here, it was rescinded. Now, all I'm going to say about this, I'm not bitter about it, but all I'm going to say is that KPFK sometimes is too democratic. There are so many committees and groups uh, that uh, oversee and advise and have input that it's difficult to get things done. It's difficult, at least the, the history of KPFK has been that it's difficult to find the balance between a certain degree of, what shall I say, authority, uh, a certain degree of management hierarchy, uh, blended with an appropriate level of democracy, and sometimes the station is really too democratic, and it's difficult to rule by committee. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. It's hard to get consensus. It leads, among immature people, to infighting and ego clashes. So here we get the purchase of the equipment approved at the highest levels, and then weeks later it's rescinded. And so it's now March, last month, and they say to us, we're rescinding the budget, the requisition for the equipment that you need to broadcast live from Maui, but we want you to stay on the air. So. We'll run some best of programs in the interim. We'll run some of Doreen's Profiles and Peace programs in the interim. We've got some anti-war stuff we want to do or pro-peace stuff we want to do in the interim. And uh, we'll figure out an alternative way. Nothing happened. Weeks went by. Nothing happened. And the truth of the matter is that as excited as I am about these Sunday teleseminars, and as excited as I am about the podcasts that I do with Steve, Finding Yourself in Paradise each week, I really was not anticipating the radio program anymore. It, it, I was looking forward to it. I didn't think about it. I didn't miss it. And so this week I just pulled the plug and I said, unless and until, because again, they wanted me to submit a pre-recorded program with no telephone calls, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to go out just, you know. The the, the strength I think of all the programs I've done and all for all the years has been telephone callers, and so that's the situation. I don't need for you to get angry. I don't want you to call KPFK and do anything. Um, I guess there's two things I would really like. If you love those KPFK programs, and in some cases I know you go back with me many, many years to the early days of KPFK, to maybe KCBS or KLSX or KLOS or KABC or any of the other stations that I've been broadcasting on in Los Angeles from the mid-70s. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come to these teleseminars by web or telephone Sunday afternoon, and we'll do our best to 
allowed us to take the place of the radio program. This is the best we got for now. I've been looking at hi-fi telephones. I've been looking at Skype. I've been looking at ways to improve this teleconference. But I don't really need video, and I don't need go to meeting where your computer sees what's on my computer. I don't need all that information. I just need the audio track. And so uh, this is the way I wanted to do it, and I'd really love for you to attend these free live teleconferences every Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock West Coast time. And if you miss one and cannot listen on the telephone, um, much less the web, then use the emailed link to hear the replay. And I've already told you about that. The second thing I'd love for you to do is wage inner peace. There's nothing that we can do, it seems to me, beyond voting, beyond being, you know, involved somewhat in the political process and being a social and political activist. Having said that, there's really nothing more important than to become a peaceful person, to access the inner peace that we have available to us. And that means to meditate, do the guided imagery exercises, and the visualization, the progressive muscular relaxation, whatever you want to call it, and to wage some inner peace. So in the lower right of this uh, webpage you're looking at here, you'll see a button that says Wage Inner Peace Now. Click on that. It'll take you to the Focus Passion website, where for 79 cents you can subscribe to the paid podcast. That'll be dropped into your iTunes or other pod catcher every week. It's an auto-download. If you're in, you do not need an iPod or a portable player, you can listen on your regular computer and if you're confused about it, find a teenager. Any teenager, really anybody under 30 will be able to help you um, to get up to speed on this. In fact, just this morning, I talked to a 16-year-old. <laughs> I, I called a friend of mine about their uh, podcast, and they have one of these shuffles that doesn't show the programs listed on it. And I wanted to ask him about that, how we could better serve them if they had one of these shuffles. And uh, they couldn't answer my question, so they put on the 16-year-old, and they know all about it. So find a teenager if you have any question about that. You know, I think my voice is uh, cleared up okay. The tickle went away, so I'm going to go ahead and give you that visualization exercise. I don't see why not. Let me see if I've lost a bunch of people. Let me check my counter here. No, actually, nobody run away. We have some more people, so that's even better. Good. So let's do it. Let's just take an extra 10 minutes at the top of the hour. We're uh, just about four minutes short of 2 o'clock on the West Coast. And so let's just do a quick visualization exercise on our topic of the day, which is emotional dependence or codependence and the antidote to that is, which is to become, to become then more emotionally independent. So, hopefully, you're in a place where you can close your eyes. Do that now, and take a nice, slow, deep breath or two. 
and create and sense throughout your body the feeling of letting go. Like butter softening on a warm day. Feel the muscles in your body from head to toe unwinding and relaxing. Take another nice, slow, deep breath, and as you exhale, relax. Slow, deep breathing. Eyes closed. Relaxing your muscles. Shift brain wave space. And you begin to Move to a place of perfect peace, a place of inner peace, an inner paradise where you can find yourself in that paradise, in that place of perfect peace. And not only be against war and injustice, but more importantly, in favor of and able to wage inner peace. Become, as Gandhi said, the peace that you're looking for in the world. And peace is justice and love. And you don't need to petition other people. You don't need to please other people to earn from your performance a sense of being okay or good enough. The sense that you're appreciated, that you're not taken for granted but valued, that's already in you. It's already there. It's been there since you were born, since, frankly, before you were born. It's integral. It's integrated or integral. You are whole and you have that peace and you have that love and you have that longing for justice within you. And so imagine yourself in a situation where maybe through memory you allow yourself to imagine remembering. Memory is imagination, right? You allow yourself to remember, to imagine a recent encounter with somebody who hurt you or upset you and made you feel as if you were being taken for granted in spite of all you do and have done for this person and are willing to continue to do. You feel as if they're not fulfilling their end of the bargain. You feel, rightly or wrongly, truthfully or not, as if their giving to you does not match the quality or the quantity of what you give them. And without effort, just let one of those relationships come to mind. And a recent occasion Maybe you didn't say anything at the time, but you're remembering now an incident, a circumstance or situation when 
you were feeling sort of ripped off or unappreciated. My goodness, after all I do for them. And then simply apply what we're talking about today. Form in your mind effortlessly the intention to be emotionally independent, to give without needing that. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to do that? Ask yourself, how would it feel in my body to be able to give many small things or even some really big things, maybe even some sacrifices just for the sake of giving, needing nothing in return, not even to be appreciated. Not even to be appreciated. How would it feel in your body? How would it feel emotionally in your heart? to be able to give that freely, to want to please others without needing to please them. Maybe even to give secretly, like the magnificent obsession. To do as much giving as possible without people even knowing that you're giving to them. To give anonymously needing nothing in, in return, not even karma, <laughs> not even the brownie points that you think you may get on the other side of the veil for being such a good person, to give and completely let go. And how would it feel mentally? What would be the thoughts? Let's review effortlessly. The likely thought stream that would be attracted by a conscious belief that commits itself more and more every day in every way. The giving, simply for the sake of giving. To lift yourself up, to redeem or refine yourself from one who gives in order to get, from one who is aware of a balance sheet and is keeping track like a Christmas card list to a person that no longer keeps track, someone who no longer keeps score, but who also lets go of any bitterness and simply continues to give, knowing that the satisfaction you receive from giving, merely for the sake of giving, is sufficient to fill you. And that we give because that's who we are. And sometimes we're not able to give. Sometimes people want things from us that we're not able to give. And be okay with that too. Like, I'd like to please you, but I cannot do this for you. If I did, it would be a betrayal of self. I can't help you lie or steal or cheat. I cannot help you betray a mutual friend. And I will not take sides where there are no sides to be taken. 
don't imagine yourself just simply giving and allowing that satisfaction in and of itself to be sufficient. And feel that letting go. Nothing to keep track of. You don't keep score. Feel the letting go. Live as though what other people think about you really doesn't matter. Live as though what you think and feel about yourself is of the highest importance, not in a selfish way, but rather in as a matter of enlightened self-interest. The higher self, the greater self. feel about letting go make knowledge but that satisfaction that inner peace is always available to you you can never be separated from the love the peace of the longing for justice the longing the desire for healing really not desire it's to aspire, to aspire to healing, to love. Not desire, because you've already got it. Just acknowledge it now in this place of perfect peace, effortlessly. You are the love you're looking for. You are the peace and the justice you're looking for. Appreciate yourself, trust yourself, love yourself, feel the letting go. Begin to reorient yourself toward the waking state now. Listen to the sound of my voice and imagine slowly moving toward the sound of my voice, remembering the room in which you sit, feeling your body upon the chair or floor, or pillow that supports you. And as it feels comfortable for you, come back to wide awake, open your eyes, feeling alert, refreshed, rested, and all vibrant and glowing and fulfilled. There's a lot of talk in Christian religion, especially in this country, about how much God loves you, how much Jesus loves you, and our requirement to love God. But uh, if you actually look at the New Testament somewhere in John, I, I, I'm not a uh, verse and chapter quarter, I'm not a preacher, but I do know it says in there that God is love. It doesn't say God loves you or Jesus loves you. It says God is love. And you are in the image of that infinite divinity, that intelligence, that passion. You are love. Yes, you are loved and loving and lovable, but moreover, you are that. <laughs> so, so to aspire to that which you already are is... Uh, 
or to desire, I'll say it that way, to desire uh, love from other people is just at the, at the surface that we're not in touch with the fact that we are already that. Love is not a commodity that we give so that we might receive, much less receive so that we can give. It's the magnetism that exists, an affinity that exists between <clears throat> those who love. It's always there. I already got it. You are that. You are that. Hey, thank you very much for listening. Make it a point to join us whenever you can, Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock West Coast time. Let me hear from you. I'd love to get your email and uh, tell your friends about this. Okay. Also, before you leave, go to focuspassion.com. Just click the button in the lower right, Wage Inner Peace Now. And uh, this whole website is about change, so check it out. We're about to change the whole uh, appearance of this website. Big project. Real excited about it. And please do, for 99 cents a week, get on board with this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Thank you very much. As always, be general of life and take care of each other. From Maui, Hawaii, and Doreen sends her love to This is Michael Benz. So long.